Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. In Martin Scorsese's The Irishman, we are taken through the life of truck driver Frank Sheeran as the World War II veteran befriends mob boss Rosso Buffalino and Teamsters Union president Jimmy Hoffa. Sheeran becomes close to both men, but is put in a difficult spot when the relationship between Hoffa and the Mafia, represented by Buffalino, begins to deteriorate. Eventually, Sheeran is told that Hoffa will be murdered, and not only that, but he himself is ordered to do it, and knowing that he will be murdered along with Hoffa if he refuses, Sheeran takes part in a plan to lure an unsuspecting Hoffa to a house, and there he shoots him. The decision to kill his close friend goes on to weigh heavily on Sheeran. It leads him to heavy alcoholism and may have played a part in Sheeran's deteriorating health. After he is sent to prison for almost two decades, his boss, Russell Buffalino, dies. His wife dies. His attorney dies. All of his associates pass away and he finds his children distant from him as a result of the kind of life he lived, especially his daughter Peggy, who never even wants to associate or see her father again. Frank finds it difficult to live alone in his home as a result of old age and his disabilities, so he checks himself into a nursing home, where he's left to a lonely existence, sitting in his wheelchair as he ponders on his life choices and the decisions he has made over the years, which have left him in this state, crippled and alone. The Irishman is a very long film at three and a half hours, and after it echoes similar mob movies, it concludes with this weighty and introspective ending. After sitting for over three hours, interestingly, we are left with the sight of seeing an old man Sheeran sitting alone with his thoughts, small and irrelevant, in a nursing home where the caretakers don't even know who Jimmy Hoffa was, let alone remember him. Solitude and irrelevance are his punishments, in a world where most meet violent ends, as the Irishman showcases with its numerous freeze frames telling us how many characters meet their ends. Frank is now in a position alien to him, he has never even considered growing old before, living his life to the motto, whatever happens, happens, as he said to Buffalino decades earlier. To even die of old age or natural causes is something he can't even think of, shown by his spontaneous and instant reaction to being told his attorney is dead when he sharply replies, who did it? And the answer is cancer. Frank ends a prayer with his priest, and before the priest leaves, he tells Frank that he'll see him after Christmas, a season where, once upon a time, he would share with his and Russell's family, to which Frank replies, it's Christmas? Highlighting how he is not in tune with the world anymore and that it is moving on without him. 
Earlier, Frankie seemed to be towing a line between owning up to his guilt and denying that it even exists. When the priest asks him whether he feels any remorse for the families of the men he's killed, he replies, I didn't know the families. But then, after thinking to himself, rhetorically asks, what kind of man makes a phone call like that? The priest has no idea what Frank is talking about, but we do. We know he's referring to the time where he phoned up Joe, the wife of Jimmy Hoffa, telling her he doesn't know what's happened to Jimmy and that everything will be alright when he knew full well it wouldn't. The truth of the matter is, is that Jimmy is dead and Frank killed him. He is responsible, but to give in to that reality, he would not be able to live with himself. As a result, denial becomes his shield, the thing that preserves him and keeps him going. Even still, deep down he knows he has led a life of sin and he fears what is to come next after death, hence his meetings with the priest. Before the priest leaves, Sheeran also asks him to leave the door slightly open, and the priest does so. And this is the last shot of the three and a half hour picture. Sheeran in his wheelchair, visible from outside a slightly open door to his room, waiting for death. Even the priest, in a way, abandons him when he says he won't be back for another week. And seeing as though Frank Sheeran died in December 2003, this is probably the last time the two see each other and perhaps the very night that Frank dies. Frank's nurse doesn't even know who Jimmy Hoffa was, and Frank's entire life was centred around him. What did it all mean in the end? What did it count for? All the evil actions he committed in his life, and what did it get him in the end? An ending where he is so cut off and alone, he has to shop for his own coffin. Regarding his decision to be laid to rest in a mausoleum, Frank says, you're dead, but it ain't that final, showing he believes in keeping the door open, so to speak. The door to redemption, the door to forgiveness, to salvation. For the door to be closed scares Frank, and he would not be able to go on. And the final scene is literal symbolism of this concept. From our viewpoint, through the door which is not fully open and not fully closed, a manifestation of Frank's indecisiveness, he looks small, distant, empty, left behind and weak. A stark contrast to the big, brawly, intimidating man who had crowds automatically parked in front of him as he walked. There is no manipulative music in the final scenes in order to manufacture empathy for Sheeran or evoke our satisfaction that he is receiving punishment for the life he lived. He is left at our mercy and what we think of him, because one thing's for sure, no one else is thinking of him. Perhaps Frank also wants the door open because the alternative is being alone with his demons and guilt, and the hustle and bustle of people walking past creates the illusion that there are people in his life maintaining his standard levels of denial and delusion. Perhaps he has a small hope that one day Peggy will walk through that door. The same Peggy who once peeped through Sheeran's door as he prepared to go out and kill a man. And Sheeran does not want the door closed on the possibility of their reconciliation. Or maybe he's just following his hitman instincts, looking out for any threats. For sure, audiences are expected to make the link between Sheeran leaving the door ajar as he sleeps with Jimmy Hoffa doing the same thing when he was alive. And in the book I Heard You Paint Houses, Sheeran mentions that after being locked up in jail, he did not want to feel stuck in a room again. Ironic, considering soon after he would be in a nursing home, but leaving the doors slightly open helped him feel a little less trapped. It's quite enlightening and thought-provoking for younger people also. Imagine walking down the corridors of an old people's home, just seeing these faces staring back at you, 
We have no idea what kind of lives these people have lived, what they've seen, and soon their memories will die with them when they are gone. It's also, in a way, a sad ending to the entire mob movie genre as a whole. We'll never see a major big-budget gangster film starring all these great actors like Robert De Niro, Al Pacino and Joe Pesci again, because very soon, they will also die. And speaking of gangster movies, who can forget this famous last shot, as Kay literally has the door shut on her as her husband Michael Corleone becomes the don of his family, surrounded by people showering him with praise. Eventually, Michael's time for quiet loneliness and regret will come, but right now he is a young man who will engage in business that Kay will not be privy to. Goodfellas also ends with the shutting of a door, as Henry Hill begins his life as an average nobody, far removed from his glory days of looting and stealing, living the high life. But even so, there is still an air of defiance in Hill's mannerisms and voice. He's still a relatively young man, who can look forward to a new life, who can change. But what life, what change, awaits Frank? To conclude, I like to think that the ending signifies that the door is always open. The clock might be ticking on how long Shirin has left in this world, but the door is open for Shirin to be forgiven by God, who is the most merciful, more so than general audiences who for the most part do not sympathise with Frank. Even his daughter can't bring herself to forgive him. The door is open for even the father and daughter to see each other one last time, or for one small, vague hope of redemption, resolution or conclusion. Something that gives Frank a reason to go on, even if that reason is so vague, so non-existent, all that it amounts to is a door slightly ajar. Thanks for watching.